It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team makes some more free agency moves official, plus a couple draft gurus. They talk about what they believe the Raiders should do at number seven. We'll talk about that. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 22nd, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you get the latest edition of the show as soon as it's available. If YouTube is your platform of choice, it's possible because of my guy Ari. He's putting in the work behind the scenes. We definitely appreciate him. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. Again, he does fine work and we definitely appreciate him. Today's edition of the Locked On Raider podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, this game is definitely for you. Just to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the App Store. All listeners of the Lockdown Raiders podcast get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON. It's all caps in the game. Check it out. Again, LOCKEDON, all caps. It's in the game. We'll tell you a lot more about the Ultimate Football GM later on in the show, but let's go ahead and jump right into it. And on Tuesday, the Raiders made a bunch of moves official. And it's funny, Tuesdays are the days that myself, JT the Brick, and Lincoln Kennedy record the Raider Roundtable. And sure enough, every single Tuesday, including last Tuesday, some breaking news happens as soon as we finish with that podcast. Last time it was Darren Waller was traded to the Giants. This time, Nothing. <laughs> it was such a good thing that there was no big breaking news that happened following the show. It was great. I kept kind of crossing my fingers as I was cr- uh, driving to the radio station. Like, I know within 20 or 30 minutes, something's going to break. But this time, 
It didn't happen. So everything was real smooth. Wasn't a whole bunch of news and notes coming out of the silver and black on Tuesday, but they did make a couple signings official. Safety Jaquan Johnson, he comes over from the Buffalo Bills. He played 16 games in 2022, had 28 tackles, an interception, and a pass defense. And as I did a little bit of research on him, and I had a guest on my radio show, Nate Geary, who does Buffalo Bills pregame show, post show. He covers the Buffalo Bills like a glove. He just said, hey, you know, when he had the opportunity to get out there defensively, he just didn't cut it. He really is going to be a good special teams guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to be a great locker room guy. He's going to go out there and compete, but he just wasn't able to get it done defensively when given the chance. And it's funny, I didn't know this, but Jaquan Johnson actually was ahead of DeMar Hamlin. And we all know about the tragedy that happened with DeMar Hamlin on the football field where everyone, including myself, thought there was a chance that he might have lost his life on that football field. He eventually didn't. Obviously, he's battling back right now still, but Jaquan Johnson was higher than him on the depth chart, and he actually got the first opportunity to go out there and compete at the safety position. Just wasn't getting it done. He wasn't uh, taking good angles. He wasn't making his tackles. He wasn't coming up with, you know, turn creating turnovers or anything. He just wasn't able to cut it like he was when he was coming out of the U at Miami. Fantastic. The dude was creating turnovers. Uh, he was a thumper. I mean, he just he seemed like he was in total control in the football field, but it just was different in Buffalo. So my guy, Nate Geary told me, you know what Q, he's going to be a really good special teams guy, really good locker room guy. If he happens to get onto the field in a three safety set or something that, you know, they need another safety to come on the field. He can play that role, but don't expect to get a whole lot out of him defensively. And you know what? That's why I have guys like that on the show to get some background on some guys that I may not know. I mean, you can go back and look at highlights from Jaquan Johnson and be like, yeah, this guy's a heck of a player. But until you actually talk to somebody that covered him like a glove and really was able to see them all the time, you really don't know. So I did appreciate the honesty, and that's all I'm ever looking for is the honesty in these players. So Jaquan Johnson sounds like he's going to be a really good special teams guy. And you know what? That's okay. You need special teams, guys, right? There's three units. There's three uh, elements to every team, offense, defense, and special teams. Special teams needs to be taken care of. Another guy that they made official on Tuesday was wide receiver Cam Sims. He comes over from the Washington Commanders. He had been there since 2018, playing 17 games in 2022, eight catches, 89 yards. And for a career, 55 games he's played in, 17 starts, 57 catches, 804 yards, and three touchdowns. And I actually had someone on talking about him as well, Ryan Fowler, who now works for the Draft Network, but he covered the Washington Commanders. And he said, to be honest with you, Q, yeah, he's going to be a special teams guy, but he's also a guy that, you know, he could go in there and be the third wide receiver, the fourth wide receiver, the fifth wide receiver. Basically, he could play that Matt Collins role. The reason why he didn't get more catches and more uh, attempts and more burn in Washington was because he was really deep on the depth chart, right? He just got buried in a wide receiver room that had a lot of talent, but he did say, watch out for that connection. Scott Turner is now on the Raiders coaching staff offensively. There's going to be elements of the Scott Turner offense mixed in with what the Raiders are going to do under head coach Josh McDaniels. And Cam Sims is a guy that's very familiar with Scott Turner and Scott Turner knows how to use him. So just look for that. Again, I'm not thinking he's going to go out there and have a monster season like Mac Hollins. He's not going to have to have the season that Mac Hollins had. Mac Hollins is excited about the opportunity he's got in Atlanta now. They're going to actually showcase him to try to be the number two wide receiver. Remember, when he signed with the Raiders, he wasn't supposed to be the number two wide receiver. He was thrown into that position because Hunter Renfro got injured, Darren Waller got injured, and it was Devontae Adams and them. Right. And then all of a sudden, Mac Holland stepped up his game and, and played a very good role as a wide receiver, uh, came up with over 50 catches on the season and carved himself out a little bit, a bit of a niche. And now he goes to Atlanta and they're looking at him. As I talked to my guy, D Orlando Ledbetter from the AJC on Tuesday on my radio show, and he covers the Atlanta Falcons. And I wasn't I didn't bring him on to talk about Mac Hollins, but eventually he started talking about Mac Hollins and he said, hey, 
We all think here that he's going to be the number two wide receiver. So Mac Hollins has himself a nice little role that he earned by what he did in 2022 with the silver and black. So expect Cam Sims to play the role that Mac Hollins was supposed to play when they signed him a year ago, but ended up getting thrust into a bigger position. Also today, tight end Austin Hooper from the Tennessee Titans. He's a free agent by way of the Titans. He's coming in for a visit to see what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and company are talking about. He spent last season with the Titans on a one-year deal. He had 41 catches, 444 yards, and two TDs. He was in every single regular season game. He also spent two seasons in Cleveland and four years with the Falcons before going to Tennessee. Had 298 total catches for 3,026 yards and 14 touchdowns in those stops. So, He's a guy, and I'm not going to say he's going to replace Darren Waller because Darren Waller was an absolute animal when he was out there and he was healthy. You know how dominant Darren Waller is, and I'm not going to say that O.J. Howard, who the Raiders made official on uh, on Monday, uh, is going to replace Darren Waller. He's not, and I don't think that Austin Hooper would either, but I do think he can add to the mix in the tight end room. And don't forget, the tight ends are very deep when it comes to this upcoming draft. So excited about the opportunity that the Raiders could have. If they do go ahead and sign Hooper, have O.J. Howard in the mix, could potentially pick up another tight end in the draft to add to the mix as well. We all know Josh McDaniel's system, going back to New England, thrives with tight ends. So he's not going to be shy to have some tight ends on the roster. So Austin Hooper, something to pay attention for today. If you're following me on Twitter at your boy Q254, if it comes out and it's announced that he has agreed to terms with the Raiders, of course, I'll be tweeting that out and we'll be talking about it on the show tomorrow. But that's something to definitely pay attention to. I think that would be a nice addition to the Raiders tight end room. As far as Cam Newton, Cam Newton threw at Auburn's Pro Day on Tuesday. And I saw a lot of people, a lot of pushback. It really blew my mind. I had a lot of people uh, tweeting at me on Tuesday, and I, I heard a lot of people talking, even sports radio guys or guys on TV talking about Cam Newton and saying that it was wrong that he was there at Auburn's Pro Day and he shouldn't have been throwing because it's taken away from all the, the, the young guys that were trying to get to the NFL. You're taking the spotlight away from those young dudes. And I thought exactly the opposite. And when I talked to my guy, D. Orlando Ledbetter from the AJC, who was at Auburn's Pro Day, and that's why I had him on the show was to talk about the Pro Day and what, what he saw from Cam Newton and the rest of the guys, he said, Q, I'll tell you straight up, there was a ton of eyeballs on Auburn's Pro Day. And if Cam Newton hadn't been there, you wouldn't have had all those eyeballs. So all the guys that were trying to showcase themselves to get to the NFL, not named Cam Newton, all had extra eyeballs on them. So you tell me how that could have hurt them. It couldn't have at all. And I don't know what it is about Cam. I don't know if it's just because he's big, he smiles, he has fun, he kind of does his own thing. You know what I mean? I, I don't know exactly what it is, but for some reason, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. 33 years old. You know, he's been away from football for a year. I think if he's healthy, and I know the Raiders were in attendance. As a matter of fact, all 32 teams were in attendance at Auburn's Pro Day. So what does that tell you? Every single team in the NFL was there checking out what Auburn had going on. I think if he's healthy, I would have no problem with the Raiders signing him as a backup to Jimmy G. Jimmy G, you know, has a tendency to get injured, something I've been concerned about. If Jimmy were to get injured, and I, of course I'd never put that on him, but if he were to get injured... I wouldn't have any problem with Cam Newton coming in and being the guy, especially since he's had familiarity with Josh McDaniels. I mean, they were together in New England. I would have absolutely zero problem with that. And not to mention, if Jimmy G doesn't get hurt, you know what Cam would be good for? He'd be good for that Mariota package that we all were waiting for to happen that never happened with Marcus Mariota because he was always injured. And again, the biggest thing with Cam... When he left the league, his last few uh, years, well, the last year he played in New England, obviously, and then he went back to Carolina. His shoulder was jacked up. He was injured. He was banged up. He's been away from football for a year. 
A lot of times, all you need is that that time away, that rest and relaxation. And 33 years old for a quarterback is nothing. So I would absolutely have no problem if the Raiders say, hey, we saw him. He looks healthy enough. And in spurts, I think he'd be good in the mix. I would be good with that. And, of course, the Raiders and their backup quarterback situation is absolutely that. It is a situation based off of, well, exactly what we know about Jimmy G because he is an injury-prone guy. So uh, we'll see what happens with Cam Newton. I don't, I'm not saying any team in the league is going to sign him, but if the Raiders decided to make him a backup quarterback, the price was right, again, wouldn't have any problem with that. The final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast kind of news and notes. I was going through a lot of different articles talking about free agency, what's left, you know, who won, uh, who lost in free agency. And I came across some article in the Sporting News from Vinny Iyer, and I believe that's how you say his name. And he ranked all 32 teams through free agency so far. And he gave the Raiders an A minus. And it's funny I, obviously, I was going to read it anyway. I didn't expect him to give him an A minus because I've been basically judging everything based off the pulse of Raider Nation, how angry they are by what the Raiders have done in free agency. But I thought he brought up some really good points. And so we'll go over it real quickly as we wrap up segment number one. He said, key additions, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, wide receiver Jacoby Myers, linebacker Robert Spillane, safety Marcus Epps, cornerback Brandon Faison, wide receiver Philip Dorsett, wide receiver Cam Sims, and tight end OG, OJ Howard. Key re-signings, Josh Jacobs, offensive tackle Brandon Parker, running back Amir Abdullah, running back Jakob Johnson, defensive tackle Jerry Tillery, offensive tackle Jermaine Illuminor, wide receiver Keelan Cole. Key losses, quarterback Derek Carr, tight end Darren Waller, quarterback Jared Stidham, edge Cleve Farrell, linebacker Denzel Perryman, tight end Foster Morrow, cornerback Rocky Seen, and wide receiver Matt Collins. Now we know for sure that Mack is gone. We know for sure Waller's gone, Stidham's gone, Carr's gone, Cleve's gone. Perryman, Morrow, uh, Rocky Seen, they could all come back. I don't think they are coming back, but they all could come back because they have not signed free agent deals yet. But his little write-up that he had on it, again, remember he gave him an A-minus so far in free agency. The Raiders put more emotion in the offense and overall plans of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler here. McDaniels got two key system players in Myers and Garoppolo to fit him better than Carr and Waller. They went a little bit on work on defense and should build on that and the offensive line in the draft where they no longer are forced to take a quarterback at number seven. And even though that was a very small write-up, it really got me thinking, and I've been trying to stress it as well when it comes to the draft, and a lot of folks are looking for a difference maker. How come the Raiders haven't signed difference makers? They have to build up the defense. They haven't done that. They've addressed the offense with little small pieces here and there that they wanted to upgrade anyway. And instead of wasting the draft capital on those kind of guys, they went out and got the got the uh, Jaco- Jacoby Myers, right? They went out and got uh, Cam Sims, Philip Dorsett, you know, minor guys like that where they can do the heavy lifting in the upcoming draft. So they can do just like uh, Vinny says there that they can they can address the defense in a major way. They can 100% focus on the defense. They can also go and get an offensive lineman uh, to continue to add some depth to that offensive line. I think that they can add a tight end as well, but Really, when they go into the draft at the end of April, it could be 100% focus on the defense, which we all need knows, knows needs to be built up in a major way. They have holes in every position. They can be uh, upgraded in every area of the defense, the line, the linebackers, the corners, the safeties. Everything could be addressed defensively. And so now they don't have the pressure of going in and trying to get somebody who could be a true number two wide receiver. They have one. They don't have to worry about going and getting a Mac Hollins replacement. They have one. They don't have to worry about going and getting a guy that has some speed to be a deep threat, uh, but not going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of catches in Philip Dorsett. They already have that guy, right? They've addressed little small things. So now they don't have to worry about trying to get those guys by way of the, the draft. They can worry about the defense and try to build that unit up together with a bunch of young talent. 
And at some point, I'm not saying it's going to gel this year, but all of a sudden you look up and the Raiders have a really solid defense and they're all really young guys so they can continue to build together. I, and I, I know that Raider Nation doesn't want to hear that. I know a lot of people are angry and upset about the way that they've gone about free agency. But honestly, I had a guy call my radio show on Tuesday. It was so funny, and I really respect this guy. His name is Houston in L.A. He does, he's, he's a really good dude. He calls the station all the time, uh, always has some good feedback. And he's like, yeah, Q, I hear everything you're saying, and I agree with you. But the Raiders didn't make any defensive moves that were like difference makers. They didn't bring any difference makers. So I stopped them and I said, hey, I, respectfully, who would you want them to bring in? Like, who was the difference makers that you were looking at that you're upset that they didn't bring in? And he said, Levante David. I said, okay, Levante David was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the linebacker. He stayed in Tampa Bay. He didn't get out of Tampa Bay. They re-signed him. So the Raiders didn't have an opportunity to, to get him. Then he said, Tremaine Edmonds. And I said, hey, Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo, the linebacker, would have been a good player. But look how much money Chicago spent on him. They spent an arm and a leg on that guy, and the Raiders weren't going to do that. That was something that I talked about from the jump before free agency started. They weren't going to go and spend big-time money. They just were not going to get themselves caught up in that situation. They were going to get guys that were cheaper. They were going to get guys that they felt like needed to compete and prove themselves, and then they were going to do the heavy lifting in the draft. So Tremaine Edmonds, as much as I wanted to see him, they they didn't they didn't uh, they they weren't going to compete for him at that price. And then he brought up Denzel Perryman, and I was like, wait, hold on, Denzel Perryman, he's out there on the free agent market, and he hasn't got a job from anybody yet. And even though I like Denzel Perryman, there's no way that I would look at him as a priority and say, okay, he's going to be the difference maker for the Raiders defense because oh by the way, he's been on the Raiders defense the last couple of years and he can't stay healthy. That's the biggest issue when it comes to Denzel Perryman. So my point was. I know there's difference makers out there. There's a few that were signed. But this year's free agency, even if the Raiders wanted to spend big money, there wasn't a ton of guys out there. Like, there was never a time in free agency when I kept refreshing my phone or refreshing Twitter to see when that guy is going to sign. When's that guy going to sign? Like, there's been in previous years where I'm like, oh, man, this guy, is free agency just opened up. He's going to sign any second now. And I just keep refreshing and refreshing and refreshing. That never happened. Once Deron Payne in, in Washington got franchised and then giving him a $90 million deal, I mean, I was pretty much done, right? There wasn't too many guys out there that I was interested in. I'm still interested to see where Bobby Wagner ends up, but he's not a priority guy. Like, I think he has a little bit left in the tank, and I think he'd be a good addition with the Silver and Black if they were to go in that direction. But he hasn't signed yet, and we're already halfway through the second week of free agency. So, again, that goes back and tells you everything that you need to know. Teams aren't spending big money, and the guys they are spending big money on are their own guys, and they're keeping them. As, as different than what we've seen in previous years. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes on this Wednesday. Coming up in segment number two, my guy, Mel Kuyper Jr., put out his latest mock draft. Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network put out his latest mock draft. I want you. I want to go over who they have selected for the Raiders at number seven. Plus, you'll hear from Mel Kuyper Jr. when it comes to the top four quarterbacks, talking about C.J. Stroud, talking about Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson, where he has them going and why in his latest mock draft. We'll do all that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about FanDuel and the tournament is heating up and man oh man can't wait till Thursday and all the action gets underway again matter of fact the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 are going to be played right here in Vegas so I'm super excited about that but Besides that, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's an America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, points scored, threes that are hitting the game. You got it. They got it as well. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn about more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Went a little long there in segment number one, so going to try to hustle through segment number two so it's not too long so my guy Ari doesn't get angry at me for putting out another long show like, well, I tend to do. Wanted to go over a couple mock drafts that Mel Kuyper Jr. and Daniel Jeremiah uh, put out on Tuesday and just kind of interested in what they think of the Raiders at number seven, but I also wanted to go over the top ten for both guys. And, you know, again, I'm interested in mock draft season. I guess Get a little bit more interested in mock draft season once free agency is over. And, you know, once you're halfway through the second week of free agency, you pretty much kind of know what it is. So I start taking these mock drafts a little bit more seriously than I did back in, you know, January and February when they first started dropping. I was like, man, the Super Bowl hasn't even hit yet. And we're already talking about mock drafts. So I wasn't really worried about those mock drafts. Now I'll start to pay attention a little bit more. Daniel Jeremiah will come out with a post-combine, post-free agency uh, uh, conference call like he did pre-combine, and so will Mel Kuyper Jr. So hopefully we'll have some sound bites from that coming up on the show. But first of all, we'll start with the guy, the the, the OG, Mel Kuyper Jr. Uh, He was on Get Up on ESPN on Tuesday. He was talking about his latest mock draft and the fact that he had four quarterbacks going in the top five. He actually had a trade or two. So we'll talk about that after you hear what Mel Kuyper had to say about the top four quarterbacks and where he had them going in the top five of his mock draft. Yeah, Brian, C.J. Stroud, he got the edge at the number one spot to the Carolina Panthers because he's the big quarterback that Frank Reich has preferred during his career in the National Football. We're going to get back to C.J. Stroud. If he could bottle what he did against Georgia and take that into the NFL throughout his career, he will be outstanding. But we didn't see that on a regular basis at Ohio State, that dual threat capability. Had the strong combine with a real good pro day, private workouts. He can ride that momentum from that Georgia game all the way to be the number one pick overall to the Carolina Panthers. Then you'll get Bryce Young. Why is Bryce Young at two? Size. He lacks it. 5'10 and change. You have 204, but can you maintain that 204 throughout the season? That's the debate there. He doesn't have the rocket arm. He doesn't have 4'4 speed, but he's a great processor. and He's a big-time quarterback who can do everything you want, but the size in the pro, at the pro level, can he hold up, withstand punishment, and only 5'10 and change, 204 pounds. Will Levis, to me, had he played in 2022 like he did in 2021, he'd be the number one overall pick. Why didn't he play great? He didn't get any help. The O-line was terrible at Kentucky. He didn't have Wondale Robinson catching the football. What he has, though, is a rocket arm mobility at nine rushing touchdowns in 2021. He was hurt this year, couldn't run. He was limited and had zero rushing touchdowns over the last eight games. When he's healthy, Will Levis is outstanding. Now, the most intriguing quarterback is Anthony Richardson. Why? Because he has incredible talent, but he's raw. You know, he had one year as a starter. That's it at Florida. 
He misses layups, throwing the football. Easy throws are incomplete. Can't have that. He doesn't always see the field the way you need to. But Anthony Richardson is dynamic, is a runner. He's got a howitzer, a rocket arm, just like Will Levis does. And I'll tell you what, for a team like Seattle, who can develop him behind Geno Smith, I think that would be the perfect scenario in terms of the right team for the right player. So there you go. Carolina, who traded up with Chicago. Obviously, he had them going with C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Houston, number two, Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. Then Indy, they traded to number three. They moved up one spot with Arizona and went and got quarterback Will Levis. Arizona, who's at number four, got defensive lineman Will Anderson out of Bama. And then Seattle. That was a spot that I was interested in when it comes to quarterback Anthony Richardson. He has them selecting Anthony Richardson to sit behind Geno Smith and learn. And I do think that Anthony Richardson would be a hell of a fit in Seattle, sitting behind Geno, who got, what, a three-year contract extension. I think Pete Carroll would love to have him in a package-type role, have him backing up Geno and even going in there and, and being kind of, like I said, that package-type guy. I could totally see that being a fit there in Seattle. At number six, Detroit, he had defensive tackle Jalen Carter. And then with the Raiders at seven, cornerback Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. And I'll tell you what, Raider Nation, I think the Raiders are in a really good position. I really do. Uh, I don't think that they have to trade up to three with Arizona to go get a quarterback. I think that they could just sit there with what they've done, and especially depending on who they go and get as their backup quarterback, they could really wait. You know, the quarterback class isn't really cracked up to be all that special. I know Anthony Richardson has a high ceiling. Hell, Will Levis has a high ceiling as well. If one of those guys falls to him at number seven, maybe they'll consider him. But I'll tell you what, if they were to play out like this and Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon, were to fall to the Raiders at seven, I'd be fine with that. And I know some people say, yeah, but it's a deep uh, quarterback, cornerback class, so you don't need to take them there. Yeah, but why don't you go get the best one? If the best cornerback is available and Christian Gonzalez, go get him. I'm not mad at that at all. So that's what Mel Kuyper Jr. has. He has Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon going number seven to the Raiders. Uh, Atlanta, cornerback Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. Chicago, offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, who, by the way, they have their pro day today. And then Philadelphia, guard Peter Skaronsky. That's the top ten right there. But you see how it goes, right? Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Defensive line, quarterback, defensive tackle, corner, corner, offensive line, offensive line in the top 10, according to Mel Kuyper Jr. How about Daniel Jeremiah on the flip side of things? What does he have for the top 10? It's not that far off, not that different, just a couple guys in a couple different spots. And number one, he has Bryce Young going uh, to uh, the Carolina Panthers. Number two, C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. He's going to Texans. So they just flip-flop. Bryce Young went to one. C.J. Stroud went to two. At three, Will Anderson Jr. to the Arizona Cardinals. So instead of trading with Indianapolis, Will Anderson still goes to the Cardinals, but at three instead of four. And then at four, Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, goes to the Colts. I find that to be pretty interesting. I didn't think of the Colts as a spot where Anthony Richardson may be the guy, but that's where Daniel Jeremiah has him slotted in at number four overall to the Indianapolis Colts at five, Jalen Carter. Defensive tackle out of Georgia at C to Seattle. Uh, I've mentioned it multiple times on my radio show and even the podcast. Jalen Carter seems like a guy that could fit in Seattle as well. They don't mind guys that have a few off-the-field issues or maybe even a little maturity issues. They don't mind that at all. As long as you can play, they're good with you. At six, this was pretty interesting. Devon Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. He has him as the first corner coming off the, the board to the Detroit Lions. So there you go. That was pretty interesting. At seven, and I'm okay with this one as well, he has Tyree Wilson, the edge out of Texas Tech. I'm actually going to have 
Tyree Wilson's head coach, Joey McGuire, on my radio show sometime next week, early next week, to talk about Tyree Wilson. I know Joey McGuire when he was a, uh, first of all, he was a high school coach in Texas. Then he was also assistant coach at Baylor, and now he's the head man there at Texas Tech. So he agreed to come on my radio show next week to talk all things Tyree Wilson. So when I get him on, that's going to be fun. That You want to talk about a dude that's a ball of energy? Joey McGuire is fantastic. So we'll have him on, and I'll definitely bring that to the show, and that'll get you pumped up. But Tyree Wilson, you have him on one edge, and you have Max Crosby on the other edge, and you use Chandler Jones in a situational pass rushing type situation, I'd be good with that. Tyree Wilson could be a hell of an addition. So between Mel and between Daniel Jeremiah, they have two different defensive players going to the silver and black. Either one I'd be good with. Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon, fantastic pick. Tyree Wilson, the edge out of Texas Tech, I think a fantastic pick, which just shows you they can get a young defensive stud at number seven and start to build that defense that we've all been talking about. It's been way too long since they've addressed it. They need to go and get after it. I still think they need to get a defensive tackle if they were to go with Wilson there, and that's okay because there's defensive tackles that are pretty deep in this class as well that the Raiders could attack at some point. They need to get an edge. They need to get a D tackle. They need to get a linebacker. They need to get a corner. They need to get a safety. I mean, they need them, again, as I mentioned, at all levels of the defense. Rounding out the top 10 for Daniel Jeremiah, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon at number 8 to Atlanta. Peter Skaronsky, uh, the guard, offensive lineman to Chicago at number 9. And then at number 10, he has Lucas Van Ness, the edge out of Iowa. So Daniel Jeremiah, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson Jr., Anthony Richardson, Jalen Carter, Devon Witherspoon, Tyree Wilson, Christian Gonzalez, Peter Skaronsky, Lucas Van Ness. That's the top 10 according to DJ. So uh, they weren't that far off between Mel and, and Daniel Jeremiah. So clearly uh, they're thinking somewhat on the same page. It's a little bit of a difference. Not much, but both guys that they pick for the silver and black, I'd be just fine with. So that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, though, I do want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try. It's basically what we're doing on the show, right? Talking about free agency, talking about coaches, talking about the draft, talking about putting the best team on the field. That's what you do in the Ultimate Football GM. You're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating players' salaries and terms, and navigating your, your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season, everything Dave Ziegler goes through all season long, you'll be going through all season long on the Ultimate Football GM. It's completely free, playable offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. All listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast, they get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps. It's in the game store. Again, it's Locked On. It's all caps. Make sure to check it out today. If you want to download the game, all you got to visit is ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store. Again, it's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast really running long on today's show, so I'm only going to have time to get a couple calls and texts in real quick, so we'll just go ahead and fire things up, 707-654-4693. We'll start off with a text from Eastern Shore Raiders. Thank you. Eastern Shore Raider here in the 410. Like a lot of your other callers, I'm also getting tired of the negativity in Raider Nation. What we seem to have is a lot of people getting mad because someone moved their cheese. They pissed off fans should read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? They have become too comfortable with the status quo and what is familiar to them. Carr, Waller, Jacobs, etc. Hey, look, I love those guys too, but the current regime is tasked with making this organization get better. They can just keep doing, they can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. In fact, it's funny because so many fans love to complain either way. They complain with Carr, now they complain without him. They complain because Waller was always hurt now they complain because he was traded so many people are just stuck being toxic how can the current regime be so bad when we were so close in so many games last year if the ball bounced differently a few times and we won a couple of those games I suppose they'd be happy with McDaniels and Ziegler there are too many armchair quarterbacks and know-it-alls I know it can get frustrating but people just enjoy the ride love listening to the podcast Q thanks for all you do you did a great job Eastern Shore Raider in the 410. Thanks for the text, my man. Sorry, I butchered it a little bit, but uh, uh, you get the gist of it, right? He's tired of all the complaining. He knows that it's only March. You win no games in March, and that's what I've really been stressing. Like, let these guys have an opportunity to try to put the team together. Once they put the team together and you start to see what happens in the season, and all of a sudden if it looks like, wow, this isn't getting better, matter of fact, this is getting worse, then maybe there's something to complain about. But right now, You're not winning any games in March. You're not losing any games in March. And it's the worst thing you can ever do is win the offseason. When you win the offseason, how often do you win in the regular season? Not that often. So, uh, And on top of that, we haven't even got to the draft yet. The draft is at the end of April. That's when you'll know what the roster really has an opportunity to look like. They'll take 90 guys to training camp and end up with 53. So there's a lot of work to be done between now and when they actually field a team for that first game of the season in September. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. I uh, got time for one call. It's a pretty lengthy call from my guy, Paul the Barber in the 661. He's calling to talk about what he's been hearing from Raider Nation as far as his offseason's gone and then really wants to caution everyone to slow their roll. Also brings up Darren Waller a bit as well. Here he is, Paul the Barber from the 661. Yo, what's up, Big Q, man? This is Paul the Barber calling from uh, Bakersfield. I wanted to get a little bit a little bit off my chest, man. I've been, you know, I've been listening to the podcast the last couple of weeks, you know, um, took a little break when the season ended, but I came back to it. And I'm just hearing a lot of Raider fans, not all Raider fans, but just most Raider fans call in and just complaining and complaining about this off season and, and on how it's going. And I hear a lot of people saying, like, oh, I don't know what they're doing, Q, um, this is going to be another sad season. It's going to be this. It's going to be, I'm just dreading the season. We're going to be sorry. Like, yada, yada, yada. Like, bro, come on, man. Like, let's let's pump the brakes. Please, let's pump the brakes. It is March 21st. I don't see no game schedule this Sunday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We haven't even got through the full uh, the full um, chapter or full whatever you call it through a free, agent, a free agency. We haven't even gone through the draft. We haven't even gone through mini camp. There's still a lot to do, man. Training camp, there's still cuts. There's still, obviously, there still could be some more trades going on in the coming months, you know? And we don't know how things are going to shake out. We don't know how things are going to look when the season opener happens. And that's the thing, man. People want instant results, like right away here in March. And it ain't going to happen that way. Look at last year. 
when we, Dave Ziegler, McDaniel, they swung for the fences on day one and day two of free agency. We got Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. And all of a sudden, we thought we were Super Bowl contenders. I, at least I did, too. You know, I know a lot of Raider Nation thought we were going to win the Super Bowl right off the bat but just by getting those two players. And look what happened, man. It went, it went to crap. You know, it didn't work out that way. So I believe, you know, Ziegler and McGinnis are taking a different approach, a more slower approach. Like, hey, let's back up. Let's get some quality guys. Let's get some depth pieces. And let's just build. Let's build through the draft, and let's build for this thing long term. Let's get some familiar faces on this team. And, like, that's what – that's. I mean, I'm not saying I believe in it. I'm, I'm not saying I, I'm excited about it, but I understand it. And, like, we have to accept it, man. That's the approach they're taking. And all we can do is just sit back and root for the best and hope for the best. And as far as, like, the whole Darren Waller thing, like, I see a lot of people are mad about Darren Waller. Like, man, this dude like, – I love Darren Waller. I love the person. I love his story, the comeback from his addiction. Like, that's all great. But I just felt, as a fan, like, just seeing him on the sideline. I went to two games last year. Seeing him on the sideline when he was when, when he was active, he just did, his head just didn't seem in the game, man. Uh, I remember the game against uh, the Rams last year, the Thursday night football. He didn't play that game. But um, that was a devastating loss for fans, for I'm sure for the team, obviously. But that night, I remember Darren Waller posted on Instagram that he dropped an album that night. And I don't know, man, to me, that just, just seems like his, his passion wasn't in the game. His, his mind wasn't in it. Like he, he, like, it looked like he's just focused on other things, which is fine, man. That is totally fine. Like I'm a big fan. I'm happy for what he's got going on, but I'm a fan of the Raiders, the football team. And I just need, I just want guys who are just going to win us some football games. <laughs> like that's it. I don't care what you got going on. I don't care what you, how, you know, if you want to, be this if you want to be that a rap star a movie star whatever you want to do that's great but i'm a fan of the team first and i just want guys who are going to come in go to work and win football games and it just seems like darren waller wasn't on that page of mcdaniels and ziggler and um it just seems like he just he's focused on other things like i said which is fine that's great for you but on this team like i think ziggler and mcdaniels noticed that and they just decided to cut ties. And us Raider fans have to accept that. You know, Darren Waller, the healthy Darren Waller was, was awesome, man. He was great um, before he got his contract. You know, he was balling. He was there every day, healthy. But it just seemed like this past, these last year and a half or so, his mind wasn't in it. Unfortunately, things, you know, happened the way they did. So as Raider fans, we have to accept what happened, man. But uh, have a good one, Q. Go Raiders, baby. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate the feedback. And, yeah, I mean, again, just similar to the last text that we got, as far as the fan base being upset, I get it. It's been a very long time since this team has been successfully good or consistently good. But, I mean, at this point, again, I said it is what it is, and I had people hit me. I was like, you can't just say that. No, I literally can. It is what it is, right? The the team has been bad for a very long time with two years that they made it into the playoffs between their Super Bowl run and now. That's not good at all. But that has nothing to do with Dave Ziegler. It has nothing to do with Josh McDaniels. And I refuse to hold that failures, those failures against them. The only thing I can hold against them is 2022. And really, I set myself up for failure because I believe with the moves they made for Adams and Chandler Jones that, hey, man, this team was going to be a 10-11 win team and they're going to go to the playoffs. I gave myself unrealistic expectations just because I was looking at the big names and, and what I thought that they were bringing to the table. And Devontae, which he was great, 1,500 yards, right? Tied for the lead league in uh, touchdowns, uh, 100 catches. He was fantastic, played every game. Josh Jacobs, fantastic, right? Led the league in rushing. 
Uh, that, there was a lot of good to like from the from the Raiders, but they just weren't able to do it as a team and put it all together and win enough games. Six games obviously is not enough. So uh, that was partly uh, my fault for setting myself up for high expectations like you mentioned. You know, you thought that the team was going to be a lot better. That that was on us. As far as Waller, you're absolutely right, right? I mean, that, that Thursday game against the Rams when he didn't play, but then he dropped a, uh, an album the next day or a few hours later, I remember mentioning it on the show, and I said, look, I'm not trying to hold it against them. I know that... Guys have interests that are outside of football. That's fine. But I did caution that I didn't think that this staff, this staff was going to be a big fan of that. I didn't think that they were going to say, hey, wait, you're not available to play in this game, but you're able to drop an album a couple hours later after we lose, right? And not saying that everything was on Darren Waller. And, and look, he's a dude that needs to do other things besides just play football for his mental health. And that's fine. That's what he has to do for him and his sanity. And, and obviously, we all know his story just to keep where he's on, the straight and narrow. Like, he, he said that publicly. I need these other things in my life. So, for Darren Waller, it probably wasn't good to be with this staff because this staff don't want you to worry about other stuff. They want you to live, sleep, and breathe, and everything, right? Football. That's what it's all about. And that's not for everybody. I've said it multiple times. That's not for everybody, and I'm sure they weren't a big fan of Darren Waller dropping an album right after they lost a game on Thursday Night Football to the Rams. That's just some of it. So, uh, And I'm not saying that that one incident had, uh, had everything to do with him getting traded, but it was just a combination of a lot of things, right? Training camp, he was in and out. Uh, they give him a contract extension. Then he's out again. You know, there's just, there was a lot. Then he was missing. Then he was, you know, hanging out with, uh, with the Aces instead of being at a game. He was watching their playoff run. I mean, you know, and again, that was approved by Mark Davis was him to be at the Aces game and watch, you know, his now wife, Kelsey Plum, and the team go out there and perform. But the, the staff wasn't happy with that. They wanted him to be with the rest of the teammates, right? Be out there supporting his teammates, and he wasn't there. You know, going on on uh, the trip to San Diego during the bye week instead of getting treatment on his hammy. That was another thing that the staff didn't like. Again, I'm not saying any of this is uh, Waller's fault. Uh, you know, obviously the staff was just not happy with it, and if they're the ones in charge, they're the ones in charge, and that's all that really matters. But, Paul, thanks for that call, my man. I do appreciate you, and unfortunately, because I went really long in segment number one, that's all I really got time for. So we'll get more text and calls. I won't go as long in these different segments uh, coming up tomorrow, but Stabler's Ghost, I see you. Yours truly in Ohio, I got you. Raider Manny, I got you, plus a whole lot more. Uh, we'll see what happens at Ohio State's Pro Day. Uh, we'll see what happens, you know, if there's anything else that the Raiders, any moves that they make officially – Austin Hooper's coming in for a visit, the free agent from Tennessee. Maybe the Raiders will sign him or come to agreements with him. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. we got a lot to get to as we continue to roll through this week and close things out really strong. So uh, thanks so much again for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thanks to my man, Ari. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.